You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that am. Well, the uh, injury report is out and rocking and rolling and all that good stuff. Sounds like uh, we're missing Mr. Jake Hansen, which is going to be a big blow to the team. Obviously, as you are well aware, I'm sure you've seen news breaks and briefings and everything, and you're just as panicked as I am. This is sarcasm, and it's a little rude to Jake Hansen, but I thought it was funny. Uh, Jake Hansen is out. Randall Cobb is out. Christian Watson, again, is out. I know they talked about possibly shutting him down for a few weeks to try to get him to full health so we don't have recurring hamstring injuries. I don't know how hamstrings work other than, you know, like pulling the leg So I will defer to their doctors and just hope that at some point he comes back healthy and can contribute in some kind of meaningful way. Um, That's about it, though. No Randall is is the biggest, well, probably the biggest thing here. The the real biggest news is, in my opinion, whether or not they're actually going to activate Sammy Watkins. Um, I understand his impact is minimal compared to guys like Devontae, but I've already explained why I think that he is... He and or Christian Watson are critical, probably more so Sammy Watkins because he adds the speed element while also being a receiving threat, uh, whereas Christian Watson adds more of a speed threat but is not really a receiving threat. So at this point in time, anyways, add that caveat for him. But anyways, before we get into all that, I, w- I want to touch on the big news, the big NFL news of the day, um, and that is Mr. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I had Christian Watson on the brain. I got stuck there. Christian McCaffrey was sent to the 49ers amidst this Carolina Panthers fire sale that's going on, or presumably going on, which sounds like it got kicked off here. And um, I'm not entirely sure I or, or know what the general sentiment is in terms of whether or not people like it. It seems as though most people don't. I don't know. But um, I'm, and maybe I'll talk myself into it here. I, I don't really understand the move. I mean, I do from the standpoint of they're, they're obviously a better football team now, assuming Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for once ever. But I, it's going back to what we said about teams just not really being good at football. I, I don't really understand the move from a team that's one of the teams that's struggling, especially the 49ers. 
I guess the only thing I could think is, hey, everybody sucks. This is the year to, to go all in and try to win it. I mean, not everybody does, but we got a good shot. If we can really upgrade what we have here in San Francisco to dominate the NFC. But first of all, in in a group sense, for example, the the teams that are not themselves but have the potential to, you know, win the NFC or whatever. Packers, 49ers, on and on down the line. Is it really a good year to go all in? Things are so shaky right now. You haven't been able to prove that you can do what you need to do. You don't know if you're going to turn it around and if you do win. But on, on top of that, even if you win the NFC, the AFC has got a couple teams. Are you going all in to, to directly into a buzzsaw? I, I guess what I'm saying is the 49ers... I've been playing at like a five. The rest of the NFC has been rocking about a, a three and a half average. Some of the better teams are five, six, maybe. I mean, you know, the Eagles or whatever. But if the 49ers can get back to full strength, plus add Christian McCaffrey, they can get to that level, whatever. But the Bills are rocking like an eight and a half, nine. And the Chiefs are also in that range. Uh, that's just the first issue. It's, it's does does any team... Should any team be going all in right now, including the Packers? Does that really make a lot of sense? Until you can kind of steady the ship. But there's a few other issues, specifically the 49ers. You don't have a quarterback. Remember, the guy that's playing quarterback for you right now is the guy that you got rid of. You said you didn't want him because you wanted to move forward with Trey Lance. And then you get Garoppolo back, who you don't even like. And then you give away your future ability to add to this team so that you can go all in right now with a guy that, by the way, I mean, for all the talk about Sammy Watkins not playing football, Christian McCaffrey's significantly worse than Sammy Watkins. This guy has about as bad of an injury history as anybody in the NFL. It's brutal. The last two years, he's played 10 games. If you add in this year in the six games that he's played, He's played 16 games in three years. That's one season worth over the last three years. But last year, he only played seven games. The year before that, he played three. Not to mention he's 26. And typically for running backs, 26 is when you start to decline. Now, if you're maybe a running back like Aaron Jones that hasn't been utilized very often, you can maybe extend that out a little bit. And there's a few others that just have that ability. But you know, if, if you're starting to see the injuries rack up and you hit 26, I don't think that necessarily things get better. Same with Dalvin. It's like, you, you know, you, you, you kind of hit the peak. You got the injuries stacking up. I don't know that you really ascend beyond where you're at right now. So you got a guy that's unlikely to finish the season, unlikely to help you win a Super Bowl. He's a running back, which is one of the positions that you probably shouldn't be doing this for. I understand he's, he's a, a special talent and you know, it's kind of similar to what we said about Aaron Rodgers in the um, Shanahan system. You don't need an Aaron Rodgers to be able to make the system work, but boy, oh boy, it sure does help make it really, really special if you can get it clicking. You don't need a top-end running. Every, every running back that's ever run for the 49ers looks like a star. They manage just fine there. And yeah, you can do a lot of cool stuff with him, um, not just running the ball, but as a receiver, he has a potential to be the best he's ever run, all that stuff. But it, it still, still doesn't make sense. Especially for a team that, like I said, is trying to still find their identity, I guess. I mean, even if you think uh, Trey Lance is the future, cool. Now you don't really have any resources to stock up the team to build around Trey, who's really struggling right now. 
So I don't, I don't really get it. I mean, hey, if, if, if he's healthy and that is the thing that gets him over the top and makes him unstoppable and all, all right, cool, great. Um, that's well done. But I guess in the, in the larger sense, I kind of feel that way about the Packers too. And it's like I've said, you got to prove to me that this is a legit thing. And I'm not just talking about steady in the ship. I mean, you got to go from a bad team to a good team to a great team. If you can go toe-to-toe and blow for blow with the, uh, with the Buffalo Bills, fine. Get that one or two guys that are going to make the difference. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. And, and McCaffrey doesn't make sense just for a lot of reasons. Because you got to understand, it's the compensation he's worth minus what his contract is is what's left over. They still gave up, what, second, third, fourth? Yeah, and a, a 2025 fifth or 2024 fifth round pick. So the, the 49ers are going to draft, I think they have a first round pick in the first round, and then they don't do anything else until the fifth round. That sucks. And, and the Packers are kind of walking a tightrope like that too, where y- you want to push all in. And there's no doubt in my mind that they are still in all in mode because they've, they just invested in Aaron Rodgers. They just tried really desperately to get Devontae Adams. I mean, that. There's no question they're built to, you know, that they're in all-in desperation mode or else this is for nothing kind of thing. But you've got to kind of look at the fact that on some level, we're going to have to do some rebuildy things. We're going to need to be able to do something to stem the tide, especially with the salary cap in disarray. The last thing you want to do is lose draft picks because free agency is just not going to happen. So you're going to need to be loaded with really cheap guys. So if anything, you start you need to start selling off people so that you have draft picks. But just a just a weird thing, and it's not what I expected from the 49ers at all. Um, but I am curious to see how teams handle this because things are, like I said, so weird right now. Do you want to take advantage of the fact that everybody else is struggling? And so if we can get a couple pieces to right our ship, we'll just sail right past everybody. And it's a it's a three man race between, you know, or four, I guess, me, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Chiefs. I mean, I, I guess I don't even know where everybody's at right now. Teams that seemed like they were pretty good or suddenly aren't good, and teams that were good are suddenly not good. In a weird way, it, it kind of is analogous to some of the other things going on with the team, sort of like um, with the offensive line situation. The best version of this team includes Elton Jenkins at tackle. However, he's struggling at tackle right now. Do we abandon what is the best version of the Packers to hopefully get a good lesser version because the version that, you know, when it's working is, is its best isn't working. Do we abandon it and reel it in or stick to it so that we can be our best? Do we go all in or do we reel it in a little bit in hopes of, of just keeping it from collapsing? The Packers have already gone all in. Do we continue on that trajectory even though clearly it seems like it's been a disaster? Or do we start the process of reeling it in a little bit just to keep it from, you know, collapsing, moving forward, that is? Final thought on the, on the 49ers thing, I guess. Again, on one hand, it makes sense. On the other hand, it doesn't. You just lost to the Falcons. That's a big problem. Does Christian McCaffrey make the difference? Maybe, but I don't know. You have arguably the best defense in football, right? That's what got you to this point. They're, they they just gave up 28 points. They're still second in points and first in yards. That's how good they've been. However, you just gave up 28 points to the Falcons. You scored 14. Do you get 15 more points from Christian McCaffrey? 
And even still, there's now questions about your defense for the first time. Not that they're bad, but are they really the number one defense in football? I don't know. On top of that, you made this big move. Everybody's going to be watching you to see if that makes the difference. And you got the Chiefs and the Rams coming up. The Chiefs, who are obviously one of the teams that seem pretty competent, they're not perfect. They've got issues all over the place. But just compared to everybody else, they're one of the teams that you look at and go, okay, they're still a playoff contender for sure. They probably wouldn't lose to the Falcons, let's put it that way. And the Rams, despite all their issues, still have talent and are a divisional opponent. So you're looking at some tough matchups here. And if you don't if you don't clear the board, I mean if you go one and one, that puts you to four and four, which is not great going into your bye. If you lose both of them, this was a complete disaster. I don't care what anybody says. Three and five after your big trade, you have to beat both of these teams. And even then, I mean, it, it, it really just feels like Super Bowl or bust because th- this is a this is a short-term solution. Christian McCaffrey is very short-term. I mean, what, best case scenario, he gets perfectly healthy, comes back. I, I guess maybe you can squeeze three years out of him. I just don't think he's built to be that guy that plays until he's 30, 31, 32. He's been a pretty high-usage guy um, in the NFL. You go back to his first healthy season, He had the fourth most carries in the NFL ahead of Dalvin Cook. And we know Dalvin gets run into the ground. So very weird move. And and, and again, just very weird times to try to figure out what even to do. On one hand, you want to take advantage of a really weak field, especially if you're a team like the Packers. Again, this is sort of the conundrum. The Packers are struggling, but this is also one of the best times to, to get things fixed and to really get on the right track because so many teams are struggling. Now, part of the problem is a lot of teams are probably going to start to figure it out. So you think you're going to sail above everybody else, and by the time you get to the end of the season, you're just running into a bunch of problems because a bunch of teams suddenly are, you know, Tampa's back on track, and the Rams are back on track, and et cetera, et cetera. On top of the fact that now we got a bunch of young teams that apparently are good at football, like the Jets and the Giants, and what, is Jacksonville still good? I mean, New England, the last three weeks, they're second in the NFL right now. New England always does that crap. So I hate that team so much, despite the fact that in week four, they lost to Green Bay in overtime. They beat Detroit 29-0 and Cleveland 38-15. to Just obliterating teams. Which again, looks good for us. But the week before us, they lost to Baltimore 37-26. to You know, barely beat Pittsburgh. Lost to Miami 20-7. to So they were really bad for three weeks. Really good the two weeks after us. So where does that put us? I don't know. But they're hitting a serious stride now. Uh, Jets are fourth. Cincinnati is back. They're fifth. Dallas is sixth. Uh, Atlanta is ninth. Again, so a bunch of teams that weren't even good before. The Giants, even the Raiders are ranked 13th. I guess it's a small enough sample size that one win will do that, but <laughs> it's still, they're ahead of us in that category. They lost to Tennessee by two. They lost to Kansas City by one. I mean, they're, they're just narrowly losing. When they lose, they narrowly lose. When they won against the Broncos, they crushed them. Sixth best offense in football. It's just their defense is terrible. So I don't know that that again that's the concern with hey let's let's just sneak in there and we can wipe everybody out. Nah, I don't know. You got a bunch of teams that are kind of coming into their own. Then you got a bunch of the teams that are struggling that are going to stop struggling. How much do you want to invest in this season? I don't know. How about we just keep playing and try to be better because we already have talent. Let's just try to be better with the talent we have. And if it becomes again painfully obvious that there is just one thing holding us back, that's the only situation where we should do that. And and there is not a single honest Packer fan that can say this is a great team. The one thing that's holding us back is this. E- even if you're like, no, that's not true. Offensive line. Well, offensive line is five guys. 
let's let's assume Bakhtiari's doing fine. You're going to replace the other four? The the only thing I could I could possibly see is we kick Elton Jenkins into guard and Yash just gets lit up at tackle. He can't do it. Zach Tom can't do it and then we say we know what we need is a tackle. But even then it, it seems kind of pathetic because nobody has I shouldn't say nobody. It's rare to find any team that has five across the board that are just awesome. Kansas City is one of the best teams in football. Orlando Brown has given up the fourth most pressures of anybody in the NFL. You know what they don't do is make excuses and say, well, we we obviously can't win with Orlando Brown. Obviously, we can't win. He has to be replaced or we're doomed. No, they're just beating everybody. The Vikings have only lost one game. Ed Ingram, the rookie guard which it's really bad that it's a guard. I mean, almost all the most pressures are tackles. Ed Ingram has given up the fo- fifth most pressures. Oh, we can't win. We got Ed Ingram. He's giving up pressure. And then Kirk Cousins is under pressure. And then and then he can't throw the ball. And then and then we can't run the ball. And then, and, uh, uh, No, they just beat people. Royce is 13th. Miami has two people worse than Royce. Liam Eikenberg and Greg Little is number one. The Chargers, Matt Feeler, Cincinnati's Jonah Williams, Tampa Bay's Luke Gadecki, Arizona's Calvin Beecham. Kansas City actually has two. Andrew Wiley is tied for sixth and, and Orlando Brown. Both of their tackles are worse than Royce Newman in terms of how many pressures they've given up. Both tackles. Kansas City still beats people. This is what I'm talking about where I'm sick of the excuses. Well, we, this guy's not good. Okay, so what? Why, why do Packer fans think every single person on the team has to be elite, otherwise you can't win? And why do the Packers play like everybody has to be elite or you can't win? This is, this is where the coaching comes in. This is where I get tired of or, or, or discouraged by the coaching staff. We have to be 10 times better than everybody else just to beat them in terms of talent. That's nonsense. Teams like the Chiefs need just a couple good guys. You know, uh, the, the Patriots, they, they're dealing with scraps for years, even when Tom Brady was there. Every single year you look at that, I mean, for, for at least a decade, I've looked at that team and said, they don't have any talent, and then they start off slow, and it's like, aha, you're finally going to fall off, na 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 And then by week four, five, six, they figure it out, they get into a rhythm, they start figuring out how to use the, the limited talent that they have, and they start beating up on everybody. And then if they ever do get talent, oh, it's game over. But he, even when they do, it's like a hand, you know, they've got good DBs, really good corners, really good safeties, the best in the NFL, okay but they don't have the best pass rushers or defensive tackles or linebackers or offensive line or wide receivers or eh, maybe tight end with Gronk, depending on the year. But, but they've always had a lack of something somewhere at some point. A lack of offensive line, you know, one year, no wide receivers anywhere the next, you know, no DBs one year, but good pass rushers, good pass rushers, but no uh, good DBs, but no pass rushers. The... One of the biggest qual I would say a more important quality than play calling is getting the best out of your guys. And we just don't have that. And I'm I'm sitting here and I'm I'm just beyond sick to death of trying to figure out how to upgrade everything. And just well, obviously they can't win. They look at their wide receivers. BS. That's not the issue. We have an MVP, back-to-back MVP quarterback, a dominant running back duo. We have everything we need on the offensive line to play. The defensive line should be one of the best in football. The, the, the secondary should be one of the best in football. The linebackers should be one of the best in football. Instead, they're playing like garbage. And instead of sitting here saying, this is BS, and I demand better out of the guys we have, it's like, well, we don't have good enough guys. We should, why does everything get put on Brian Gutekunst? 
even even if we're not directly doing that, we're indirectly doing that. Because it, it at the end of the day, it always comes down to coaching and GM. Either we don't have good enough players or we're not getting enough out of the players that we have. If we don't have good enough players, that's a GM problem. If we're not getting enough out of the players we have, that's a coaching problem. Which one is it? Well, considering we've seen all of these guys play at a high level individually at different points in time, again, this, is, this could not be any more obvious to me. So I, I guess in a sense I'm agreeing with Matt LaFleur on the fact that we just need to put our head down and just be better. Again, I'm fine with that one move to move Elton inside, whatever, fine, but, but that, that, that is a, a Band-Aid on cancer. People need to step up. If, if Elton can't play because of an injury, fine. Let's work around it. Give him some time to heal. Figure it out. But that's a unique issue and has nothing to do with Royce completely falling off. Not that he was ever that good to begin with, but being worse. Meyer's not doing the things that he needs to do. Runyon not doing the things he needs to do. The linebackers forgetting how to play entirely. Kenny being the Kenny and Rashawn are like the entire defense right now, and it drives me insane with a, with a little bit of Jair mixed in. And, and the worst part about this is, you know, we're excited about 13-3, and three, but really, this has been a problem the entire time. The team has never really met its, its full potential. I just think it was so loaded with talent, it overcame all of its issues, and that's kind of what I went on to say, I think, yesterday, or maybe it was today, I don't know. I can't remember anything. If there's any positive, it's maybe that they're going to have to confront the things that have become a problem, but, you know, the, the annoying thing about that is it, it, it went on before Lafleur. That was the biggest issue we had prior to is that we weren't getting anything out of the guys that we have. And even though the talent had kind of dried up for a while, started to go downhill because, you know, Ted Thompson wasn't doing the greatest drafting in, in the final years of him being our GM. You know, the talent started to dry up, but still, we still were, were just watching the little bit of talent we had massively underperform. And so Mike McCarthy ended up getting fired and we go out and we get a bunch of new pieces and they're kind of coming out and they're playing with fire in their belly and everything and things seem okay. But again, we're just we're just not getting it. And I don't I don't know what to do about that. And I'm I'm kind of just tired of hearing hearing them talk about it. You know, last week we heard the same thing about the increased intensity and oh we had a great practice and we've been hearing that like all year. Oh wow, you you wouldn't even believe it. If you were in practice, oh boy. You know, and then there's a whole firestorm on Twitter because uh, Bruce Irons made a comment about them dancing in practice and saying, you know, maybe you should do this after you win a couple games. And everybody's mad. How dare you? They should be allowed to dance and stuff. But I, I understand where he's coming from. All I can picture is, and maybe players do this in New England, I don't know, but I'm, I'm picturing them trying to do that in front of Bill Belichick when he tells them to go out and warm up or whatever it is and they're out there dancing. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe that's not a big deal, but. I'm just picturing him saying, what the, what, what are you doing? Get off my field. Again, th- this is why it's so controversial because it's, everybody's got this, just let them do whatever they want mentality. It's not a big deal. Why should people, people should have fun. They should be, you know, I think they're having a little bit too much fun. I think things are a little too laid back. I think that's the problem. You know, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just a mindset. It, that's all it is. What, where's your head at? What is your mindset at this moment? You talk about the practice and intensity and all that. And maybe this is just because it's, it's warm-ups and this is what you do. You kind of get loose, you get fired up, and then you go out and you play an intense practice. I don't know. That's not really the point that I wanted to bring up and get involved in that. But It's just, you know, we, you keep saying it, but we don't see it. Whenever we see practice, I see people goofing around, and then the media has to leave, and apparently they get super serious after they leave, and it's a really intense practice, like the, the one hour they actually practice. 
and they're super serious and they're super fired up and there's so much intensity and it's great. And then I guess when the, when the game shows up, they, they just don't feel like being intense or focused or serious anymore. You understand my skepticism, right? And so they're saying it again this week. Oh man, great practice. You wouldn't even believe. We got punched in the mouth and now we're serious. Bro, you've been getting punched in the mouth all year. If you're not serious yet, I'm, I'm, you know, everything I've said about you is right. You know, about not being serious. <laughs> and, and what does that even say about last week? Like, oh man, we got punched in the mouth and now we, now we really got to buckle down. Why aren't you buckled down? Why aren't you, what, what, what does that even mean? I mean, it's kind of a trick question. Because I guess the only real right answer is when, with, you know, is there any difference is to say no. We've always come at it with 110% intensity. We always do our best. We always practice hard and, and try hard and we, we do everything we can. We, we 100 miles an hour. I mean, guys are puking on the practice field because they're working so hard. It's intense and we, we bring it every single day, every single week. You know, even I was, I was listening to Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show and they were like laughing at the, the notion that, that they should be focused on football all the time. Like it's a big joke. Like, oh, you know me, I'm all football all the time. Ho, 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 ho. Stupid people who think I shouldn't have a life and I should just, you know, care about football all the time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know there's a, there are people who make a lot less money than you that are focused on their careers a lot. There are people who make very little money who focus on their careers every waking hour just, just in hopes that they can climb a ladder and someday make a, a micro fraction of the amount of money that you make. They work, you know, 10, 12 hour days and then they go home and you know what they do? They work when they're not getting paid. Then they go to bed and they get up and they go to work because they want it really bad. They're hoping in three, four, five years, I can get a promotion and make more money so that I can work even harder so that maybe in another two, three, four, five years, I can get another promotion. And who knows, by the end of it, maybe I'll be at the top of the corporate ladder. Packers go to, go to practice for an hour and apparently haven't been putting in that much intensity because now they're serious. Now, oh man, now that we, now that we lost, you know, I mean, again, even though we lost last time too, but, but this time we lost and it's like, whoa, we got to get serious. We got so, so this was a, this was a serious practice. Like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? <laughs> what, the, what do you mean? But again, all I can do is sit back and watch. Okay, you're, you're serious now. You're really talented. We know, we, we know what we can do, and we understand the standard, and we want to play up to that standard. And we practice really hard, and we try really hard. We don't, we don't need to take all our stuff on. We, we, that's silly. Nobody needs to do that. We can, we can do our, you know, go to the meetings and uh, go to practice and, and put in a, a decent day's work at practice and show up to the game ready to go and, and just dominate. All right, cool. Let's see. I'm excited to watch you not just beat Washington, but beat Buffalo, because that's what really good teams do. I mean, that's a team of your caliber should have no problem at least competing against Buffalo, because you guys should kind of be about on the same tier. So I look forward to that. Anyways, uh, why don't we go ahead and take a break? I want to do a quick scan of the NFL and kind of see where we're at and where we're headed and, and best case scenario kind of thing, which again, is tough with Buffalo in the way, but we can look at it. But why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore dad if you'd like to support the podcast. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry can be supported at fertilegroundranch.org. Please head over there, take a look around. And again, there's a lot of ways to help out. If uh, financial help is not the uh, not really in the cards right now, it could help spread the word. Um, if you do attend church, letting your church know about the ministry would be probably the biggest way to help. Again, it's it's the intention is to be sort of a pipeline and a resource. So. Anyways, think it over. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So first of all, um, let's take a look at this week. Because obviously the intention is, the expectation is, the Packers are going to win this week. So what is the best case scenario for us? Well, the Detroit Lions are facing the Dallas Cowboys, which is good news and bad news. Obviously we want to keep Detroit down, but also it would be nice to have Dallas lose a game at 4-2. and two. I don't know that this is necessarily the week that that's going to happen. Tampa Bay is going up against um, Carolina. I'm not sure I'm buying the 13.5 point spread, but I also don't think there's much chance for Carolina to win the game, even as bad as Tampa is. In fact, I'm tempted to to take Carolina, um, but I'm also contemplating putting all the money I have on the Packers. I don't, I don't know, though, because it was, where, where were we at? See, <laughs> it was 5.5, then 5. It's down to 4.5, which is not making me um, super confident. The Packers, um, how much they're expected to win by? I don't know. I don't know if I want to touch that one this week. But anyways, Tampa Bay probably going to win. The Bears are facing the Patriots. I have every expectation that the Patriots are going to win, which is great news. Not that I'm necessarily threatened by Chicago, but on the off chance that the Packers don't really turn this thing around and, um, you know, maybe don't have the best record at the end of this, I want to make sure that we're at least better than the Bears. That's kind of important to me. That's the Monday game, which, I mean, cool. I guess I'm glad that it's on primetime, so everybody gets to watch that disaster. 
Um, Chiefs in San Francisco. This is kind of where we could maybe make up a little bit of ground. 49ers, again, are at 3-3. Three and three. I, I do think there's a good enough chance the Chiefs end up winning this game. And so I'm going to, uh, let's just say that they do. Seahawks are also a 3-3 three and three team going up against the 4-2 and two Chargers. Chargers are five-point favorites, so I think we, you know, if we just go with the favorites, there's a good chance for us there. Uh, Giants and Jaguars, actually the Jaguars are favorites in this game, which is a little surprising to me. Um, I don't know if I buy it, but I'm just going to roll with it. Let's say Jacksonville wins the game. Falcons are playing the Bengals. Again, the Bengals are kind of back on track. They're big-time favorites, so I'm going to take the Bengals to beat the Falcons. Again, Falcons are another 3-3 three and three NFC team, so uh, as much as it seems like it doesn't matter, it does. Uh, let's see, there's a few other AFC teams, Miami and uh, the Steelers, which I don't really care about. Jets, Broncos, Raiders, Texans, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's pretty much it as far as the NFC teams. If things play out that way, the Packers would rank sixth in the NFC. Eagles number one at 6-0. and Vikings at 5-1, and one, Tampa Bay at 4-3, and three, the Rams at 3-3. Three and three. Does everybody have a bye this week? No, just the, the three teams at the top of the NFC. Okay, cool. And the Bills, obviously, because we play them next week, so that's fantastic. Anyways, then it would be Dallas at 5-2, and two, the Giants at 5-2, and two, and the Packers at 4-3. and three. If we fast forward to next week, Chicago plays Dallas. Pretty safe to say Dallas wins that game. We got Vikings-Cardinals. Vikings are expected to win that game, but there's a chance. Cardinals did kind of come back in in surprising fashion and dominate the Saints. I don't know if anybody's massively impressed with that, but, you know, I feel like I have to take the Cardinals just just to look at best-case scenario for us. Falcons-Panthers, probably going to be Falcons. Um, Giants-Seahawks. Seahawks Seahawks are actually favorite. I think the Giants are just... um, kind of underappreciated at this point, but I'm going to do it because we need the Giants to lose anyways. And then you got 49ers Rams, which again is a big game. Um, LA is actually a one point favorite, so I'll go that direction. Uh, Tampa's playing Baltimore. I'll take Baltimore. Uh, Saints Raiders. New Orleans are the favorites, so I'll just pick them because I'm not that afraid of them anyway. Steelers Eagles, obviously the Eagles got that. Um, Lions Miami. Miami are the favorites, so I will take them again. Uh, Washington Colts. Colts are big-time favorites. All right, so that leaves the Packers and the Bills. So let's let's look at these two things in, in two ways. If the Packers win against Buffalo, we're talking back-to-back wins, the Packers potentially are sitting um, tied for fourth. Well, it wouldn't be tied because we lost to the Giants, but we'd be sitting fifth behind the Giants. The Eagles would be 7-0, and the, the Cowboys 6-2, and the Vikings 5-2, and and then the Packers and the Giants at 5-3. and that's a pretty good spot to be in. That's fine, obviously, especially since you just beat Buffalo. However, if we lose, the Giants and the Rams are ahead of us because the Rams would be four and three. We're four and four. But the problem is we'd also be tied with Seattle, Arizona, Tampa, and Atlanta, which in a sense is not the worst situation to be in because we're, we're still able to emerge out of this. But there are only six teams worse than us, which is also not a great spot to be in. But for fun, let's keep going. Let's Okay, so we lost to Buffalo. All right, how are we going to emerge from this? Packers beat the Lions. Vikings beat Washington. Arizona and Seattle are tied, so it doesn't matter. Somebody's got to fall back. Somebody's got to emerge. Let's go with Seattle. Um, Rams-Tampa, we'll go Rams. Saints-Baltimore, I'm going to go Baltimore. Falcons-Chargers, we'll go Chargers, especially coming off a bye. 
Bengals-Panthers is going to be Bengals. Miami and Chicago is going to be Miami. And again, we're going to take the Eagles, who end up playing the Texans. Their schedule is just not very hard so far. And unfortunately, we're still not uh, necessarily climbing the ladder. We are tied for sixth with Seattle at that point. So there, there's, there's, it's not just that we have a long way to climb. It's all through. So we've beaten Washington. We've beaten the Lions. And we're barely above 500 at five and four. And we're sixth in the NFC. Now, we would still be a playoff team at this point. We'd be the seventh seed. So the last team to sneak into the playoffs, which I guess is fine, you know, as long as you got that. Unfortunately, the very next week, we have the Packers playing the Dallas Cowboys coming off a bye week. At this point in time, I don't know that we beat Dallas. Falcons are going to beat Carolina. Chicago, let's just say, beats Detroit. Tampa, Seattle. I'm going to say Seattle wins. Uh, Rams beat the Cardinals. Dallas beats Green Bay. Uh... Eagles beat Washington because they just never have to play any good teams. Giants beat Texans. Saints beat Steelers. Uh, Buffalo beats Minnesota, which is helpful. And then San Francisco loses to the Chargers. If we lose that game to Dallas, we're now no longer in the playoffs again. So again, this this is where it's like we, we have to be significantly better, not just a team that is good enough to beat mediocre teams. You have to beat the teams at the top. If we beat Dallas, then we're... Still just a seventh seed at six and four. Eagles would be nine and zero. Oh. Rams are the number two seed at six and three. Vikings would be the number three seed at six and three. Falcons are the number four seed at five and five. Giants are the six at six and three, and we are the seventh seed at six and four. We have to be able to beat Dallas. So there, there, there just is no way to kind of navigate and just beat the bad or mediocre teams. We have to be able to beat the top team. And if we can't beat Buffalo, we darn sure better be able to beat Dallas because at that point, if we don't, there's just not a lot of time to regain ground. You know, if we go to the next week, even if we beat Tennessee, just going through and saying who I think is going to win and all that stuff, the Packers still aren't in the playoffs. They're at six and five. Seattle had a bye week, so they didn't lose anything. So they stay ahead of us. So even after a win the next week, we're still not even in the playoffs and we're just above 500. Remember, we're just talking about two losses. To two top teams. That's it. We're beating everybody else. And then what do we do after that? We have to face the Eagles. Guess what? If we beat the Eagles, we're still not in the playoffs at seven and five. I mean, again, I don't know how all this shakes out, but I'm just going with the the general favorites here. Falcons beat Washington. San Francisco beats uh, the Saints. If we beat the Eagles, or or we can go the other way. We we beat Dallas and lose to the Eagles. We're seven and five. We're not in the playoffs. So uh, again, when people say calm down, it's early. There's a lot of time. I don't know that there is. Every year you look back at those games you should have won and you think, man, you know, we're only in this tough spot because of that game or that game. If we'd have just been able to beat that team. Between Buffalo, the Eagles, and Dallas, it feels to me like we kind of need to win two of those. Maybe not. But um, next week, if we beat the Bears, week after that, we got a bye. Then we got the Rams. Even though we suck coming out of a bye, let's just pretend we win. Nine and five. Got Miami, again, not the easiest thing, but let's just say we win. Kind of just having us win out, I guess. Got the Vikings again. I don't know. I, I, I guess at this point I'm kind of confused as to whether, whether I should have us be a really good team or not. But, you know, again, the, the point is we're not going to get there playing like we're playing. I know that's not blowing anybody's mind. I will say, though, the way that I have this playing out, even if we lose... Uh, oh, I had us beating the Eagles, that's why. 
Yeah, so if we lose the three big games, we come up, you know, and that's assuming we beat the Rams, which I can't say that we do. We're playing the Vikings, and, and we're still right in that situation where if we win, um, then we're kind of sneaking into the playoffs as the sixth seed. Uh, if Well, let, let me finish this out here. No, if we, <laughs> if we win, and again, I don't know how all these other games are going to shake out. I'm just picking who I think are the favorites. If we win... The Packers are 10 and 6 and still not in. They would be the number 8 seed, which does not get into the playoffs. Giants would be 10 and 6, and they have the tiebreaker because we lost to the Giants. Gee, maybe that was kind of a big deal. Because it looks like it's going to be down to the wire with us trying to compete to get into the playoffs, and they beat us in the tiebreaker. So we have to have a better record than the Giants. Because right now, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants are in the playoffs, and we are not at 10 and 6. And that's if we beat the Rams and the Vikings. And then if we beat the Lions. So, yeah, basically. If after the Eagles game, and this is if we lose to Dallas, the Eagles, and Tampa, if we, if we win out, we can sneak in as the seventh seed. We'd be 11-6, and six, which seems like a great record, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to be good enough. So the, listen, the, the point is, there, there does need to be some urgency. As much as it's true, well, it, it matters what you are at the end of the season. Yeah, but we might be out of the playoffs at that point. We've got really good teams coming up very soon. We've got Washington and then Buffalo, and then hopefully a reprieve with Detroit, but who knows? We absolutely have to beat Detroit. But after that, we get Dallas. So that sucks. And then we get the Titans, which is another team where it's like, well, that's a team you have to beat, but I don't you know, I don't know that they're necessarily just an easy pushover. And then after that, we get da- uh, the, the Eagles. So th- this is, and again, it's, it's, that, it's that whole thing where, everyone's, well, the, the, the Jets and Giants and, and the Patriots, they're actually pretty good teams. Okay, well, we need to really, really beat the pretty good team. Because the really good teams are coming up, and we need to be able to beat them. So that's where I, I, you know, when we say this needs to be a get-right game, that doesn't just mean you guys look real good. That means this this is where everything clicks. And moving forward, this is what you are. Not that you obliterate everybody like you hopefully do to Washington, but all the issues kind of need to be resolved quickly. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect moving forward, but but whatever it is that's been getting you kind of messed up and, and looking clunky, that's got to be fixed. The offensive line has to be doing better. Aaron Rodgers has to be doing better. He has to be making better decisions, throwing to the right guy and throwing accurately. We need the old A.J. Dillon back. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, everybody now seems to be saying, you know, hey, we, you know, Dillon's fine, but, you know, we need to uh, accept that Aaron Jones is an elite, elite back and A.J. Dillon is just kind of a meh player. I think that's a little unfair. That's what's happening now, but we're pretending that what's happening now is what's always happened. And this is what I've been saying for a while now. That's not true. And it's unfair to, for example, Aaron Jones, who not only has always been really good, but is playing on another level this year. He's th- This is better than he's probably ever been. And A.J. Dillon is worse than he was last year. Last year, they were pretty much on the same tier. In fact, I think A.J. Dillon graded out better than Aaron Jones did, as a runner anyways, right? And, and, and I mean, again, are, are we going to pretend that the fumbled exchanges were happening with Dylan, and, and he ever, I mean, the guy never dropped a pass. He dropped two last week. We need A.J. Dillon back. And, and again, part of that probably is the offensive line, but that doesn't excuse getting hit in the face with the ball and not being able to reel in a handoff. All right, this is the stupid crap that's got to stop. The inability, I mean, Devondre Campbell can't tackle. What universe are we living in? It's all got to get fixed. Like now. You need to smash Washington. You need to get whatever confidence was lost. You need to know what you're doing. Figure it out. Because if we don't win some of these upcoming games, I mean, we're not playing Washington every week. This is, this is nothing. This is a meaningless game. The only thing that's positive that can come out of this game is that they hit their stride. 
Because if all we do is win, but nothing else happens, nothing else happens in terms of, of growth, in terms of, you know, improvement, in terms of, you know, we, we, we have a, a new and improved offensive line and defense is squared away and the, and the offense is kind of squared away in terms of whatever simplification we're going to be doing, which even that every time they open their mouth, I'm less confident that it's going to do anything. First of all, with Matt LaFleur saying, I don't know what that means. That's not a great sign. But then Aaron Rodgers kind of changing what he had said. You know, when somebody had asked them the question about what does simplifying mean? Does it mean, you know, less plays, uh, shorter plays? He said, yes, all of that. And then when he talked about it on Pat McAfee, he's like, you know, it, it some of it is just simplification of our mind. We need to calm our minds and things. It's like, no, that's not what you said before. Why are you changing it? Is it because it's not going to happen or what? What, what, what? what does this simplification of the mind mean? We're getting all zen now. I, I thought we were talking football like a week ago, and now all of a sudden we're talking nonsense, talking your gibberish. Come on now. What is this? Now all of a sudden we just need to calm our minds? What, what are you talking about? Whatever, whatever. Just figure it out, please. Just do me a favor and figure it out. Because, you know, again, as much as everybody keeps wanting to tell you, we have time, it's early. It's not. It ain't early. As far as I can tell, this is the last week. Once we cross through this week, it's go time. And if we're losing games after this week, I mean, if we lose this week, just freaking pack it in. But assuming we beat this team, moving forward, now is winning time. Now is, is good, good Packers time. Now is when we're able to beat teams like Buffalo and Dallas and the Eagles. I'm not saying we have to sweep them, but, but we need to be able to compete with them. What are we talking about here? If we're not talking about a team that is competing with the best of the best, what are we even talking? Are we conceding that already? Well, we're not going to beat Buffalo, but, you know, maybe we could beat teams like Washington and Detroit. Probably can't beat the Vikings. I mean, are we giving up already? No? Good. Then let's figure it out this week. And, and yeah, as, as, much as, as much as I understand the sentiment of, hey, just get the win, I'm actually kind of getting tired of that, which seems to be a big Matt LaFleur staple. All that matters is getting the win. No, at this point, that isn't all that matters. This is a statement game. You need to put the commanders away. Just put them away. It needs to be over by halftime, and then guess what? Here, here's the kicker. You're not allowed to collapse in the second half. If you're up 20-3 to at halftime, and you win 23-20, to I'm sorry, you suck. You suck at football. Well, we got the win. That's all that matters. Some people in the media want to pretend we didn't win the game. I'm pretty sure we won. Yeah, shut up. You lost. You suck. It's over. Don't do that. If you're winning 20-3, to you should end up winning the game probably, what, 35-10? to Put them away. Embarrass them, which you have the capability of doing. Because whether you know it or not, you have a dominant offensive line. You have the scariest quarterback in the NFL. You have more than capable receivers. By the way, you got a guy by just by the name of Josiah DeGuar that seems to want to break out for you. He's ready to do it. You just got to give the guy a freaking opportunity. I don't know if I don't maybe you're not interested in that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's fine. It doesn't matter. He can just want it from the sideline. That's, you know, for a team that doesn't seem to have that passion and that drive to really want to excel, I guess the guys that really do have that, we'll just put them over there. Amari Rodgers, same thing. You know, he, he seems to really want it. He's fighting for it. Screw that guy, right? That's fine. But anyways, we'll see how it goes. I am going to put in an unfair um, standard here. I, I, I am going to be unfair and, and say that, you know, usually it's, hey, all that matters is a win. That's not true this week. It's just not. It's a baseline but below that baseline, as, as in if we lose, it's, it's uh, yeah, there's, there's losing and we can pretty much cash in on the season. There's winning, barely, which is, season still feels like it's pretty much over. But hey, at least we got a win that does nothing for us. 
And then there's putting the commanders away, which is, which is just the first step in saying, okay, maybe we're going to be all right. That's kind of where I'm at this week. And, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I guess I'm just skeptical. You know, we're, we're four and a half point favorites. That by itself kind of sucks. Because if we beat this team by four, that's it's unfortunate. But that's where I'm at. So anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.